grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. Certainly you will be repaid in the resurrection of the righteous. 
gospel. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded. It is the gospel that we heard read from Luke chapter 14, beginning at verse 1. I read these beautiful words once again. One Sabbath day when Jesus went into the house of a leader of the Pharisee to eat bread, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how they were selecting the places of honor, he told the invited guests a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not recline in the place of honor. Or perhaps someone more distinguished than you may have been invited by him. The one who invited both of you may come and tell you, give this man your place, and then you will begin then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and recline in the lowest place, so that when the one who invited you comes, he will tell you, friend, move up to a higher place. Then you will have honor in the presence of all who are reclining at the table with you. Yes, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. He also said to the one who had invited him, when you make a dinner or a supper, do not invite your friends or, or your brothers or relatives or rich neighbors, so that perhaps they may also return the favor and pay you back. But when you make a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. Certainly you will be repaid in the resurrection. Of the righteous. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ and heirs of everlasting life in Christ Jesus alone. There was a elderly member early in my ministry. She is now enjoying the glories of heaven with the Almighty before the throne with the holy angels. She said to me one day, that, Pastor, you need to deal with the problem that's in the back. Well, what problem is in the back of the church? Well, during worship, it's a little too noisy. Well, we had plaques on the back pews that would say, reserved for parents with small children, so if they needed to take the children out, they didn't have to walk through the whole length of the church. They could easily go out, but they were sitting in the back. So you know what I was going to say, and so did she. And, and before I could even say it, she said to me, Pastor, don't tell me I should go sit in the front. And I said, well, it is a little bit more empty up there, and you'll probably hear me because you're going to be closer to me. By the way, I don't doubt that they sat in the back not because they just sat in the back being stubborn. No, they probably sat in the back because when they had kids themselves, that became the routine. And then as the kids get, got older, well, they just continued to sit in the back. Again, that was just being a creature of habit. This is where I sat, so this is when I go to church is where I always sit. I noticed this going to my parents' church and they always go Thursday night where they have during the summer service outside between their church and school. It's a big open area. 
that they have worship outside. And I found it interesting that in the last two years I was there, my parents would bring their chairs as you were supposed to do, but they would always park them in the same spot. In fact, when I looked around, everyone else did the same from even the year before. I found that fascinating. But it's not shocking, because are we not creatures of habit, even here at Salem? Don't we find ourselves sitting in the same chairs in the same area? Even when we had pews, we were sitting in the same area and in the same benches. Again, we become creatures of habit easily because we want to be orderly and hey, that's the seat and, and either and even others will leave it open for because they know someone else is going to sit there. Oh, it's a challenge for strangers to come because where are they going to sit that they don't upset the order of things? I've always said that the biggest threat to outreach is oftentimes the feeling that someone sat in my chair when we ought to welcome them. Oh, by the way, it does mess me up when all of a sudden one family who's always over here is now sitting over here because when I look up, I think they didn't come to church <laughs> until you look further. Again, we're creatures of habit. But in the light of all of this, I've never felt here at Salem, in fact, I've never ever experienced going to any other church in my entire life where the attitude in the church is, well, the wealthy sit in front. Those who are more prominent sit in front. And the poor and the less prominent sit in the back. Again, I've never experienced that. I can't imagine going to a church and, and you're told where to sit because of your position or maybe because of your wealth. But here Jesus did experience that. And he especially experienced it when he was invited to a dinner, it says here, of a leader of the Pharisees. The word leader there is a unique word because he wasn't just a member of the Pharisees, he was obviously a leader. And because of that, quite honestly, no doubt, he was a voting member of the highest Jewish council, ruling council, known as the Sanhedrin. This, money, this man had power. He had a name. This man had money. And he was inviting Jesus to come and celebrate a meal with him. And notice the purpose, to eat bread. They were watching him closely. Yes, the Pharisees were known, especially in this time as Jesus is making his way to Jerusalem. He's only a few weeks away from going into Jerusalem where he will suffer and die for the sins of the world. And they're watching him closely. No doubt, watching and listening to what he has to say in order that they could use it against him and to discredit him before the eyes of the crowds that were following him. But as they were watching Jesus, Jesus was watching them. 
And when it came to the mealtime, Jesus was watching how they were jockeying to find a position. And the position was always that place of honor. The closer you get to the head of the table, where the host himself would sit, the master of ceremonies, oh, the higher position you would be. People would have to look up to you because you have a place of honor. So that led Jesus then to give the group three different parables, two of them, in our text for this morning. He tells a parable to the, to the guests who were there that when it comes to selecting a seat, you're doing it all wrong. Jesus, in fact, is really going back to even what we heard in Proverbs. That when it comes to selecting a seat, don't select the highest one because what happens if another guest comes who is considered more prominent and then the host himself says, oh, maybe move down a spot and let him have the higher spot. Even though you're only moving down one spot but you're still pretty high up, you're going to be embarrassed. Your, your, your shame and your selfishness is going to be exposed because you took a seat that was too high. Wouldn't it make more sense to take a lower seat? Because you can only go up from there. You can't go further down. But then when the host comes and says, why don't you move up, even if it's one spot, you're going to be praised by the guests who are there because you have moved up to a better position. And then comes these beautiful words, these really divine words. Yes, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Now these are more than just the divine truth. This is just plain common sense. But as it was during the time of Jesus, it's certainly true today that common sense is not so common. And the reason why is because of selfishness. Selfishness that we've inherited because this whole entire world has been cursed by sin. We've inherited that sinful nature. And by that sinful nature, which is like a harsh taskmaster, we do commit sins. And selfishness, no matter what form it takes, is always sinful. It breaks the very first commandment which says you shall have no other God. The biggest false God that is out there is my own sinful self. And so, and, and therefore, the opposite of selfishness is really love. We always think of the opposite of love being hate, but God does tell us to hate, hate what is evil. Therefore, really, the opposite of love is selfishness. And that's a love that comes from the very Lord himself who loved us first. The very Lord that left the glories of heaven taking on human flesh in order to be our substitute, in order to be our brother, in order to take our place and pay the payment we could not pay and live the life we could not live. So that righteousness, that ticket to heaven, would be credited to our account. 
and by the power of the Holy Spirit, that faith that lives in your heart, through that faith, that righteousness that belongs to Christ is personally yours. And it is motivated by that love. It's even being empowered by that love that we live out of love. And that means in humility, considering other people's interests even above your own. See, in this world, and it was the same in Jesus' world, the greatest attributes or characteristics or virtues that one could have is, is power, money, a name. When really in God's eyes, the greatest of virtues is humility being a servant and selfless love. These are the things that really make you great. As Jesus was watching the guests and as Jesus responded to them, now it was time to, for Jesus to respond even to the host himself. This ruler and leader of the Pharisees, Jesus would have something to say to him. He was a religious expert. He was the one that knew it all. Or ought to. Another parable, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. This time pointing out that when it comes to inviting guests, don't simply invite your friends, your brothers, your, your, your relatives, and your rich neighbors. Because Jesus, the very Son of God, saw the man's heart. You have invited these people because these are people who can pay you back. There is selfish reasoning behind what you are doing. To offer a meal and to look like you're being generous because people will be paying you back. And you might even get more than what you put into it in inviting all these people? No. Invite instead the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, those that cannot afford to pay you back. Use your stewardship and use the gifts that God has given you, knowing it all comes from him to begin with. Use them to his glory. And use them to be generous to others. And especially those in need. Certainly, you will be repaid in the resurrection of the righteous. By doing this doesn't mean that God now owes us. And God will have to pay us because we've been generous to poor people. This being repaid in the resurrection of the righteous is reminding us that everything is seen by the Lord. And when it looks like people are taking advantage of you, and they probably do, and you've experienced that many times in your life, that does not go unnoticed by the Lord because you came with a generous and humble heart. 
that wasn't selfish. And by the way, what's more important, getting the best bang for your buck? Or isn't it what's more important is the treasures of heaven, the peace that comes from the forgiveness of sins, the hope that is yours because of everlasting life, the comfort and the joy that you have because Jesus is your Savior and your one true God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is the one true God. There is no other. And knowing that one day we'll join the heavenly choir singing all praise to him, there truly is nothing greater in all the world. As St. Paul put it, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And what is giving glory to God all about? Well, here we just learned it from Jesus himself. Giving glory to God is clinging to the love that your God has for you. A love that shows itself with a humble attitude and unselfish actions. This, my friends, is how a Christian lives in the world and lives in the world today. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemev l-u-t-h-e-r-a-n dot o-r-g. May God bless you today and every day.